0: Two, three, four. I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewellery industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Shakti Ellenwood thinks of jewellery as a powerful vehicle to transmit positivity. She creates a bond with her designs that will carry to the world. Her responsible practices make her work so much more special. Please enjoy our conversation. Uh, hi, Chatki. Hello. How are you oh, doing? Hi. <laughs> I'm good. Um. So, I've met you um through Amy Wilson, mm-hmm. who's an incredible person, and she, she is. spoke to me about you, and she was very, very passionate about what you're doing. Uh, and I really loved your work, and um, the the pieces that you were doing they felt very special and very um, mythical in a mm-hmm. way. Uh, and then we met today. We mm-hmm. had lovely tea. We spoke a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it was very very lovely to have a conversation with you before. Um, can you tell me where did you grow up?
1: Yes. Well, I grew up in Guildford in Surrey. Um and I went to boarding school in Somerset since I was uh,
0: 12, 12 to 16. Oh wow. Uh is there um do you have any first memory of jewelry? I do.
1: Um I think we probably all do as children we remember going through our mother's jewelry box and Um, My dad was a mechanic for Jackie Stewart, which was Formula One racing. And so he used to travel all over the world. And he would always bring her things back from the different countries. Uh, So there was some pretty special pieces that um, I can remember quite clearly. Beautiful. Um, There was one piece that had like an ebony face and then there was all these like silver rays coming from it so yes of course as a child I was very fascinated by jewellery Do you still have any of her pieces? I do yes yeah. and I actually usually wear my grandmother's I've got an 18 carat gold watch from my grandmother Um but it, it, I, it I've started to notice that its it's got a little crack in it and I need to find a proper repair specialist mm-hmm. but yeah I love to wear my
0: The ancestral jewelry. (laughs) Um, Do you does anybody from your childhood besides going to your mom's uh, jewelry box inform you of your taste of jewelry?
1: No, but my um, my mother was in fashion and my grandmother was in fashion, so I think that. I just kind of developed a certain eye. it's like you say there's you when you grow up around people that are in that and you're, they're constantly looking and evaluating things um, that definitely had an influence on how what I love and how I perceive things mm.
0: and so can you tell me how this did your journey started
1: Yeah, it really started when I started travelling. I was twenty-one and I left England. I was in search of adventure, and it led me to India, where I started to realize the value of um, jewellery to the women there. Much, Mm -hmm. much, you know, it's part of your dowry. People wear a lot of gold. they, They they carry their value with them. Yes, and also just started to see. A lot of the, you know, mogul jewellery and the, just the, the fascinating history and the beauty of it. But it wasn't until um, I got very sick in India. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that pleasant. Uh, I, was very, I was so sick I couldn't look after myself. Mm. And um, a gentleman in my guest house, that we, it was kind of like a long-term guest house we were staying in, he took me up to his room and looked after me oh, wow. and he had a little workbench in the corner
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he sat there goldsmithing all week and uh, I was just became absolutely fascinated by it and I literally had like a light bulb moment oh, wow. I had been doing a few things before I'd been making a few clothes in India making some leather bags some belts mm-hmm. doing some um, you know stringing things together and just kind of really looking for something, a creative channel. Yeah. So when I met him and I had that epiphany moment, um, everything changed after that. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I had no
0: doubt about it. Did you learn from, like? did he teach you certain things, like certain techniques or anything? He didn't teach
1: me anything. I was literally just lying on his bed, like <laughs> watching him sawing, filing and, Uh, When I got better and I was ready to travel again, he presented me with this beautiful uh, turquoise and gold ring. And it it was just magical and I
0: I fell in love. Oh, wow. Mm. That's beautiful. So then you leave India and where do you go after? I left India and um,
1: I followed a boyfriend to San Francisco and I wanted to, there was an amazing jewellery school there, the Revere Academy of Jewellery Arts. Oh, wow. It wasn't design-based, it was a very technical-based mm-hmm. um, school. And so I when I arrived, I took one a, a three-day class, which was called Beginning Fabrication, mm-hmm. and um, it was quite expensive. It was around five, six hundred dollars, yeah. I think. So I did one class, then I couldn't really afford to do any more. And I ended up writing to Alan Revere and asking him if I could have a job. He he employed two people. One was the registrar, and the registrar, Holly, who had been there for six years, just handed her notice in the day before. Oh, wow. So I got the job. That was kismet for sure. It was. I got the job, and I received my entire... Um, training for free wow. which was like over twenty <clears> thousand dollars that the graduate jeweler but not only that every year we put on these wonderful symposiums where we would have amazing um artists come from from all over america and uh, they would teach week-long classes for example you know gene stark mm-hmm. granulation mm. um all different things like that. So yeah. I, I, and I was in, the building was the Phelan building, which was the jewellery capital of San Francisco, which sadly now has kind of been disbanded yeah. and turned into offices. But it was a warren, you know, nine floors of everything jewellery. Oh, wow. So that's when I met Hirach uh an Armenian fifth generation master goldsmith, and he took me under his wing, and he um, I, he became my mentor for the next five years. Oh my god,
0: that's that's a gift. Yeah. So you have really had an education and just yeah going like looking at the master's work and understanding, it and having them teach you that that is incredible.
1: It is. I feel like um, I'm really lucky that I'm I have a you know I properly understand gold fabrication mm-hmm. and I think that um, although there are lots of wonderful wonderful younger people coming on the scene now I see a lot of people that actually I don't know if they know how to make jewelry
0: no unfortunately I feel like there's a there's a few there's a group of people that just can maybe do a drawing or design but then they hand it to a jeweler to make and there's yeah. there's you have to have that understanding of, like, how things are. I always tell people, it's like, you have to have an understanding. If you, Even if you don't want to do it, which I recommend people to really either make, why the gold reacts this way, why silver reacts that way, mm. why, like, if you um, use certain temperatures, like, and, and not only that, like, settings. And it's all these techniques, you you have to, need to at least have an understanding of how to um, do it. I agree yes I think that's
1: important yeah and, and I love the fabricating part there's something very kind of meditative mm-hmm. and relaxing I mean it's just I just get really lost like yesterday I've been making these new fish earrings I was telling you about and I think there are on each There's so there's 10 fish and each one has um, 5 Scales mm-hmm. and then three fins, so it's that's a lot of little details yeah. in there. Um, but yeah, I love it, and, and I, I feel really blessed and privileged to do what I do. And I'm I'm so happy that you know, even though I've been doing it for like 25 years, I'm so passionate about
0: it and, still. And that makes me so happy that you yeah. still have that passion and mm. you still are finding new things and new ways to create your work. Mm. That, that's just beautiful. So um, so you, how long you were in San Francisco for?
1: Five years. Five years. And I left there when the whole kind of dot-com thing, you oh. know, the city, 40% of the artists left. Oh, wow. Uh, it became almost impossible to rent a place. Yeah. And uh, so I just thought, okay, now it's time to move on.
0: Oh,
1: I'm sorry. About I moved that. back to London.
0: Yeah. And then in London, what... Um, what was your journey like going back to London? Do you started working with somebody? Do you started working on your own? How was that?
1: Yeah, I've never actually worked um, for somebody. And I think, apart from I have worked in some jewelry shops, mm-hmm. um, but I've never kind of really learned the ropes of the business through somebody else. I, I've always just kind of wanted to do my own thing. And I think in the beginning in London, I was doing my goldsmithing but then I was waitressing three nights a week and Mm -hmm. I think I preferred to do that yeah find my own way but in so I when I arrived in London I joined a shop called Ruby Red Mm -hmm. which was at the Goldbourne Road end of Portobello and it was it was owned by two lovely women Sam and Lucy and then so they worked and sold their jewelry and then there was Camilla and I who also worked and sold our jewelry, so it was like four of us. We each worked one day in the shop, and we had Saturday person, and then we would create from there. and And that was a that was a wonderful, amazing time, actually. That's beautiful.
0: Mm. Um, so, do you feel like you have because your voice right now is very amulet. It, like, it has like a f- amulet feel, like something protective, like something that you carry with you to mm. protect you all the time. Have you ever had that voice or do you have a different type of um, point of view before compared to now? Uh,
1: yeah, I think things have changed. One thing that I will say from the first moment that I made jewellery, I was always attracted to ancient jewellery. Yeah. You know, that's what was, blew my mind when I first saw it. Um, and it was people like, you know, Reinstein Ross, I absolutely Mm. loved their story at the time, I went to New York and they had that lovely little shop and there was a wonderful story behind them, so uh, yeah, I was just so drawn to that style of jewellery, but it wasn't until later on when I started getting more into meditation mm-hmm. and started taking plant medicines that I started to see something much much deeper mm-hmm. in the jewellery that I was making yeah. and the first thing that became really important to me was the ethics and the gold that I was using yeah. and it, I had to be using things that was that were part of the solution and that were helping people in a way I, 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 I it just there was no question in my mind yeah. Um, but beyond that I started to see a much I start well it wasn't like I started to see I started to feel a much deeper deeper connection with myself Mm -hmm. and um, spirit so everything became much more important uh, it's quite hard to describe, but I would start to be having visions of pieces and visions of the meaning behind them. And and then as I started to work with people and pieces, I it's like as I was doing the work, I could almost see their problems. It was like things that were hard for me to goldsmith. Mm-hmm. It was like I was somehow seeing... Things that needed healing within them
0: yeah
1: so I like to think of myself as I'm not just a jeweler I'm a healer I'm a a healer and a goldsmith Mm -hmm. and I'm able to help to heal people through the goldsmithing that's the platform that I'm using to transmit this um, healing energy
0: yeah
1: so when I'm making the pieces, I'm focusing on the person. I'm singing ancient mantras of different types, whether they be for healing or for um, abundance or whatever that person mm-hmm. needs. And so when they receive the piece, the, the piece then is containing sacred codes specifically for that person mm-hmm. that um, is is it's like the jewelry becomes a key. It can unlock certain things within them that is that is important for them at that time. Yeah. So it's much more than a piece
0: of jewelry. Yeah, no, of course. And, and, you know, it's like I, I always say that jewelry carries the energy of the person that makes them. And yeah. then it brings, like, energy to the people that wear them. Yeah. And it's just like you're carrying, like, a little bit of yourself in the piece that you make for the person so it has that connection too so it's just like really um like a little more special and like for me like people that make handmade jewelry really like you're carrying like something deeper than just a piece of metal Mm. and gemstones I
1: think it goes I think it's the approach to making it as well um you know it's very important to me that before I start that I say a prayer from the work that I'm doing that day and then focus on the person that I'm making the piece for and um you know that I'm singing the song so I'm approaching it with a complete open mind and, and almost like a channel it's like a um, a pure consciousness is coming through. So it, when the person gets the piece, it's not just that they've got a piece of me. I try to almost get out of the way mm. so that what they're receiving is something far purer than that. Yes.
0: Okay. I understand. I completely. I like that. I. I, I think it's just. Well, you know, you're 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 putting so much of it of yourself mm. of, of the of the 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 universe yeah. on the piece, and that's like really. Um, really beautiful and Thank it's you. very special
1: it's some um, it, it's interesting because it's it's something that I'm kind of opening up a bit more to now telling people because i I haven't been telling people exactly how I work because you think oh people are going to think you're a little bit nuts or (laughs) I've been keeping it a little bit on the low down but um I think now it is time to share that gift
0: and well I think with like the pandemic and everything that has happened like people have become more spiritual in different ways Mm -hmm. um and just like trying to find like meaning in in different areas so I think that if you're just sharing a little bit of your knowledge is just it will make them a little more like your pieces will make more special to the person that really is looking for that exactly yeah mm-hmm. so that's really great um so you talk about things being more sustainable in your life and how you want to create pieces that have like more meaning can you tell me a little bit about um i know that you're part of the b corp you mm. b corp certified. can you tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah and i'd just like to say that what i realize is one of the reasons why it's important to have this um gold that's fair trade yeah. is because again if you're if your gold is coming from places that you don't really know about then it's carrying that vibration and that energy mm-hmm. and that's why i think it became so important to me to work ethically yeah. um and the b corp the B Corp is a wonderful movement.
0: Um I think it's a bit bigger in America than it is over here. I, I've I've only heard to be honest with you. I have only heard it from Amy and the about oh, okay. your work. So she introduced me to B Corp, but I I wanted to know more about it because I think it's um it's something that we we're all striving to be better humans to help this, you know, planet that we need to take care of Mm. so I got really interested because I'm I'm I I find you know like the planet is very important to me and like having people that care about doing things more responsible is very important to me Mm. so I just wanted to learn a little bit more about it so if you can like share with me that that of course so
1: I think the B Corp is a global movement that I believe is going to take over because it's growing and growing and growing every day and how it works is you can anyone can go online and find the B Corp assessment and anybody can start to answer the questions to find out how ethical their business is Mm -hmm. and once you've finished all the questions once you get to 80 points or above that means that you're eligible to apply for a B Corp because mm-hmm. it means that your business has reached a level of social and environmental excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I smashed it out the Park with 113.5. Oh. I was the, I, the high. I am the highest scoring B Corp in the UK um. and the first artisanal goldsmith in the UK to become B Corp. That's amazing. But I think a lot of there's a lot of interest and a lot of people now are starting to really want to. To take that step, but but it is a challenge. It wasn't easy. It took me a year to get it, and I also had the help of a B Corp consultant yeah. um, because some of the questions are quite hard to answer yeah. or even understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that's that's very um, very important uh, for people, like you know, and, and especially if you if you are trying to live a more green life finding artists that are more, more serious about it, it's, it's more appealing. Mm. And especially, if, you know, and if you have, like, uh, a more spiritual, um, you know, a guide in your life or you want that in your life, like, having somebody that cares about the environment, cares about um, deeper meanings is, 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 a, is a good way to find you, you know?
1: yeah. I think so. I think the right people will find me. And I have been told, actually, that the guardians, and this might sound a bit wacky, but I was told that the guardians of the planet will find me because they need my jewelry.
0: Yeah, no, and, and that's uh, um, that's really uh, fascinating for sure. And um, so um, how, where do you want to take your jewelry now and towards the future? How do you see that?
1: Um well it's like i have two sides to my jewelry i have my wedding and engagement which i love because i love it when people come to visit me and they tell me their story of how they met mm. and um i really you know so just to keep developing that but it's my animal amulets that are my real passion and my real love and i feel like the the wedding and engagement allows me to explore more creatively the other side of my business Mm -hmm. um so in my head i have i've my pieces are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and I'm really excited I've got a whole book of things that I want to make
0: oh well I see that <laughs> yeah
1: I so that that's and, and that's, I yeah. and also I want to um spend more time in like I said before I'd spend more time in America next yeah. year I'd love to tap into the LA and the New York markets yeah
0: mm. well the, the LA market is definitely I feel like you will have like a, a good um, that's my place yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely your place because yeah. it's like you know especially if you go in the like Joshua Tree area and people are just like really looking for something deeper and like have a deeper meaning on mm. you know on their lives so mm. that's really really good Um, so tell me about your your engagement ring side like how do you work with your customers like how they approach you and like do you um, how How's their, the process?
1: Well, up
0: until recently
1: I've been living in Devon, mm-hmm. in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my business has been online, but I've been very lucky that I have had people from all over the UK come to visit me, oh, yeah. and they kind of have tied it in with a romantic weekend. And um, But I would say that the people that visit me has probably only been 10% of my business and it's I love it when I can engage with my customers um so ne- now that I've moved to London I think there's going to be a lot more one-on-one a lot more meeting people yeah. and
0: I'm really excited to develop that that's great do you um the are the stories like do you use their stories a little bit of your on your design
1: not so much like
0: that no but it's
1: more the um, the energy that's going into it very much contains their stories. Yeah,
0: that's that's beautiful. How do you find the the amulets that you work like the the animals? Like how how do they come to you? Um, well, for example, the ra- the rainbow serpent mm-hmm. that came
1: to me in um, while I was doing a uh, Aboriginal meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, in a group I've been doing it for about eight years we gather about twice a year and um, I started to have visions of it and I'd never even heard of the rainbow serpent before Mm -hmm. so it was only afterwards that I started to look it up and I could see oh that's that's the vision that I had so a lot of pieces will come to me like that some bits might be say for example my uh, my daughter's called Paloma so Uh, when she was born I created a dove for Mm -hmm. her and then my own personal spirit animal is the crow so I made a crow Mm. so I kind of just go with the flow of what's coming into my life at the time or if some people might ask me uh, you know someone said would you be happy to make me a cat and so I love to make people's um, animals in gold like if they give me a picture Oh, that's nice.
0: Mm. So what's the f- the meaning of the Rainbow Serpent?
1: So um, the Rainbow Serpent, as I sh- just showed you in the yeah. little book, the, so the Rainbow Serpent is basically the story of creation mm-hmm. in Aboriginal mythology. Mm. So the Rainbow Serpent was lying beneath the earth, sleeping, and when she awoke, she gave birth to... Um, all of the people, all of the animals, the mountains, the seas, the rivers, and uh, so you could almost equate the Rainbow Serpent to God Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. And she's also um, a very strong symbol of fertility, Mm -hmm. because she would... Um, fly from waterhole to waterhole. So there is the um, the story that women that wanted to get pregnant would go to the waterholes, and then they would be blessed by the rainbow serpent, and then they would uh, get pregnant.
0: Oh, that's great! That's beautiful. Um, is the um, what's your favorite besides what's your favorite animal to make personally? Um.
1: I really enjoy. I just made an owl which I made specifically um, to uh, send off for my entry into the Goldsmiths Fair mm-hmm. uh, so it was something that I really put a lot of time and about two, three weeks and I made every little teeny tiny wing mm-hmm. and um, it was such a process that I'm I am quite in love
0: with that piece at the moment oh, I can't wait to see it good uh, this is your first time in the goldsmith fairs right it is yes yeah, that's really fun that's really fun so um uh I, i'm really excited to see what you're doing like what you're gonna bring to the fair for sure i'm really excited i in fact i'm like so excited I just can't wait to get there I know <laughs> it's, it's it's my favourite show for sure mm. like I, I I'm looking forward to it like every year like I'm already it's like Wednesday date? and I start making plans <laughs> because it's it, like I just feel it has like such a uniqueness in every, every like every stand is completely unique and everybody has their own voice and just find like it, 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 I find it interesting like how Artists just find their own voices and how they are running with it. Mm. So it's just very nice to see all these creative people together. I think that's amazing, and I'm really
1: looking forward to meeting a lot of the other designers. And I, I actually went last week, and it was wonderful. I was so bowled over by the standard of the work. Yes, mm. it's
0: it's just very. It, it really. Um, uh, it's just. I, I just get excited. It's it's my it's my personal treat when I can Yes, (laughs) I know it's just like having conversations with creative people is very exciting to me Mm. because I I admire people that have found their own voices and just I could never find a voice like Mm. I just I have I'm all over all over the place I'm very um have jewelry add like i call it <laughs> because, yes it is because i'm like I, I will see something small and tiny and like but precious and interesting and i get excited and then i see something bold and uh, stameny and i get excited and i see something made out of gold and it's beautiful but then i see something made out of plastic and resin and it's just really as beautiful it's just a, as long as people have their own voice I just get really excited mm, and I, I think that um, that takes quite a time to
1: develop you can you know start off like I say I was very drawn to the Egyptian jewellery and yeah. the Roman and Greek and um, it it took
0: time to to know what I wanted to say yeah yeah it, it, but but you found it I did you know and that's the important thing and that's the 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 thing that I really like to convey in, the, in these conversations it's like how do you find that voice mm-hmm. and it's, it doesn't happen over the, you know unless it's like you know you get a vision when you're like 19 or you know a teenager and that's like where you want to go but it, it doesn't happen that often. Mm, it develops. It develops, mm. and then in, and that's the important thing of an artist for me too. It's like they have to grow and they have to expand their vision. It's like yeah, you did something like ten years ago, but like why are you doing still the same exact thing? To I agree. There needs to be a progress and there's to be a, a growth within the artist, and it can be the same voice, mm. but it has to be like if you're like just doing the same casting for 10 years it gets boring mm,
1: yeah i don't i think that you don't want to stand still it's like you say you can you can s- keep your style and your voice but you want to be evolving and developing that and finding mm. or being inspired by new
0: things yeah yeah I, I don't know it's just like the world is filled with inspiration even when you walk down the street it's just like there's so much to see there is
1: and I'm really feeling that having moved to London yes I week, know
0: it's just you walked on the street and you see so much you do I'm so excited to be here I it's know great. I, I love the history you know it's like I, I just love and also the the mix of like, old buildings with new buildings right beside it and and just like but there's like little nooks and crannies everywhere that you come and Mm -hmm. like New York doesn't have that that Mm -hmm. much like New York is more like yes I think I always joke that it's like I would love to visit every space in every building in New York City which is definitely impossible but I have been to different spaces in New York that you are like you will never imagine that that's happening there mm. but like in London there's like you will be walking down the streets and then you, you look th- uh, to by an alley and there's like this beautiful garden or a beautiful like little cute stores in that alley and stuff like that and it's like always filled with surprises it is
1: we have one just around the corner from ours because I've got a dog so I've been kind of discovering the area yeah. And there's this one little alley that's all cobblestones, all cute little pink-blue houses, loads of
0: plants. It's
1: like something from another world you've oh, just stepped
0: oh into and you will never imagine if you didn't walk to it like no. because when we're in a car like you don't see anything and it's just like it's kind of i i just love finding those little nooks and crannies mm. in I, I london has a special place in my heart it's like mm. my second home so for, like every time we love I, new york i know <laughs> i know it's like new york but I, I i i like i love new york but it's like it's just so fast and crazy all the time but like London, there's like this neighborhoods. There are just like there's like this be- quiet beauty to mm. them. Um, so I have like a couple of um, compulsory questions that I like to ask people. Uh, um, what's your favorite gemstone? Ruby. Ruby. What's what's special about ruby in your in your life? I don't know. I just <laughs> love
1: them. Whenever I see them, that's what makes yeah. me. Mm. That's that's the,
0: the, it calls you. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite metal? Gold. Cool. Any specific carat?
1: Mm, Well, I work with 18 carat gold, um, and obviously it has to be fair trade gold, um, but I've for many many years, I've had some recipes in my head, in my written down of mm. different golds that I want mm. to make. But up until this point, I've never got around to. Oh, you should them. try it! I have an apricot gold recipe, mm. which I'm really excited about. So, yeah, maybe this will be a good inspiration for me to get started. Oh, you should on that. totally
0: try it! I love that. Um, what's your favorite technique or tool?
1: My hammer. Definitely, I absolutely love it. I was given two hammers by Harach Nagizian, my mentor. Um, they were his repousse hammers, actually, mm. and I, I just love the feel of them. I absolutely love them. How long? How old are they? Oh, they're ancient. <sighs> yeah, they're probably okay. fifty years old. I
0: would think. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'll bring them to the fair. Oh yes, please. Mm-hmm. I I I love tools. I have. Um, I am in my office I just have like random tools like measuring tools and and I don't know I just I I I love tools so much even though I don't use them but they're just like they're in a a shadow box but I just love them yeah it's just uh especially the antique ones Mm. and the fact that um the same tools have been used for generations
1: that's what I love I love the fact that you know when I'm Yesterday when I was working on these fish earrings there was something really I could feel so strongly this Egyptian presence like these are pure Egyptian these earrings and I was thinking about how I'm using very similar tools to what they were using yes. and I'm doing the work in the same way they would have done yes.
0: it and there's something just makes my heart smile Well that's the that's the thing is like when you think about it it's like this this people would that were the lift God knows how long ago we're using the, basically the same exact tools yeah. that we're using right now and it's like they didn't have the education they didn't have the background they didn't have they came up with them they and did. that's the the incredible thing it is you know the fact that Egyptian work has like lapis inlay or turquoise inlay and mm. uh, and you're like how did they came, who came up with that and mm-hmm. how they? I just love it every time that I go to the, the mat and just see the work there it really blows my mind mind-blowing yes um who's your favorite artist it doesn't need to be jewelry can be anything um well like we discussed
1: earlier judy is, up, yeah. is high up there she is
0: she she's is, i love her <laughs>
1: very very special and yeah. um as i said you know when i was I didn't start make, making jewelry or learning to make jewelry till I was thirty, and so it was the really strong women around me—not um, personally, but yeah. just that I was really inspired by like Kathy Waterman and yeah. Judy Guy and people, um, just very very inspirational women yeah. doing very unique things in their own way.
0: I know it's like it's like I, th- I feel like jewelry making. Before was such a men's job, like it was. you know, yes, and it's like I always find it interesting how uh, men basically dictated what women were wearing, and 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 I and I have uh, there's incredible uh, men artists out there that I absolutely adore and mm. love and like, mm. I, but I always love the sensitivity of a woman because like a woman is gonna design for a woman and they have like that connection too. It's true, and actually, being
1: at the Goldsmith Fair last week, I think it was majority women. Yes, and it that was. really impressed me. I know. I saw just like mm. maybe like
0: five or six men. Yeah,
1: maybe? I know. I think it's amazing because I think no, maybe I, a little more. Maybe I like think s- when I started out, I also had that belief: I'll never be able to do this as good as a man because yeah. it was just so ingrained.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but. I've just got goosebumps now because I just... Yeah, all
0: power to us. <laughs> <laughs> women power for sure. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to listen while we were... I know you you mentioned chanting, but, like, do you listen to anything else? Do you have any music with you or...? I do. I
1: mean, I mainly listen to mantras, but I also... I have some wonderful um, women friends who create medicine songs mm. and so i often listen to them and mm. they they're like deeply spiritual songs as well but just really by talented musicians and um uh you know people like Lucidia and Nessie Gomez and um you know many many other artists who are just creating the most incredible work yeah uh, but it's all coming from a a, a place so it's, it's you know it's just
0: all really pure Oh, that's great! Uh, do you have any advice for future jewelry artists? Mm,
1: yes, I've been asked this question before, and <laughs> it kind of does stump me. I would say, um, you know, if you if it's something that you're interested in, go and take some classes and learn the basics, like we were talking yeah. about before, to actually learn how is jewelry made. Yeah. Um, and then, although I didn't do it this way, I can see there'd be a lot of benefit from, you know, working as an intern for someone. Yeah. Um, and and learning the ropes that way. And, and like, and then just finding your voice.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, I, that's uh, I, I was having a very passionate conversation last night about that uh, with some friends. And I, they were like, to 20 year olds and 20 something year olds in the table and i was like you need to pay the dues and you need to learn the craft and you need to understand how things and be a little humble mm. because like when you're humble people are more they're, they're more open to guide you and and if you really want to sh- and you have to show how hungry you are and how much you want to uh, like really understand things yeah and people will really open up with you and like teach you and take you in in under their wing if but you have to have that that attitude of like I want to learn yes definitely um I think that
1: that's really important yeah because like you say that you come with a certain humble.
0: all the jewelry
1: friends that I had at the time and I think ninety percent of them just kind of gave up, and yeah. I just tenaciously stuck with yeah. it, even though it was really hard to make money, yeah. especially when before the internet and there were you yeah. had to get into shops and it was all sale or return. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was a few times that I thought I'm just going to give this up, but yeah. then I just couldn't.
0: I know, but those are things that like when you're born to do something, like I don't see myself not being in the world of jewelry in any way like it's just really hard for me not to yeah. because I love it so much and I'm really really passionate about it so you know it's like like I tell people it's like you have to really love what you're doing you me have too. to really love it it's, it has to be a passion it has to call you because if not it's just you know oh yeah I'm just making money but then mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, it you know it's mm-hmm. like there's nothing like it, it, it doesn't mean anything no you know it just doesn't mean anything but you have to have that passion and that love for it and the people that really have it are the ones that are really just gonna go for they're gonna like succeed
1: yeah because they can't give up That's exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly shaki thank you so much for talking to me i really love what you're doing i really um can't wait to see your work and i'm gonna be sharing um what you're doing uh and i you know Thank you
1: so much. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for having me. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you at the
0: fair. Yes, for Thank sure. You. <laughs> right, bye. Bye. You can find Shakti Ellenwood on Instagram at Shakti Ellenwood or her website, ShaktiEllenwood.com. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much.